Joining us, he is a columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. You can read his work online at Tucson.com. In fact, he's got a great piece up right now, headlined, Utah has taken on Coach Kyle Whittingham's hard-nosed, team-first approach, lapping Arizona. He is columnist Greg Hansen with us on The Big Show. Hi, Greg. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, we are doing terrific. Uh, I tweeted this out earlier, but I, I could not have enjoyed your column more. Talking about Coach Witt, just give us kind of the, the basics of, of what you were talking about and what kind of motivated you to write this. Probably because Arizona, well, Kyle Whittingham kind of mirrors uh, Arizona's most successful coach of the last, you know, in this basically this era. Nick Tomey was a lot like uh, Whittingham and that he played through his defense. He outworked everybody. Um, he played kicking game and field position, and uh, and it worked. And then Arizona got rid of him, and they haven't been good for 20 years. And it's just not funny, but to look look across the South Division and see Utah becoming so successful, doing working with kind of the formula that Dick Comey used, it's uh, I've seen it before. So, Greg, is the problem that uh, a lack of judgment when it comes to hiring the right guy, or is the problem that they're giving up on the guys too soon? You know, I don't think they've given up on the guys they fired too soon. Uh, the problem is the judgment. Um, and I, I do understand that the pool of available head coaching candidates for a Pac-12 school is pretty limited. Um, but, I mean, Arizona had hired in the last 20 years, the coach who got fired by Texas. A coach who got fired by Michigan, and now they hired a coach who got fired by Texas A&M. It just kind of puzzled me that they think that that's a formula that works because all those guys didn't work out here. You know, Greg, I, I think you make a, a terrific point, and and Kyle Whittingham is a good fit because he's you know grown up as a coach in this region. I mean, before Utah being at Idaho State, and you you connect it so well to Ron McBride, who of course of course coached under Dick Tomey and then hired Kyle Whittingham as his D-line coach at Utah and promoted him to to defensive coordinator. And then Urban Meyer saw the value in keeping Coach Witt on as his defensive uh, coordinator. I think you make a terrific point as opposed to a, you know, a splash hire, somebody with a a big name like a Stoops. You know, you find a coach that knows how to win at a unique location. The two coaches that have won at Arizona since the league started, were Larry Smith, who came from Tulane, and Dick Tomey, who came from Hawaii. And they were grinders, just like Kyle Whittingham. Um, they recruited smartly within the realm of what the school could get, and they played smart. They didn't try to outscore people. You know, I, know, I know nothing about football X's and O's, but it just seems like if you're a mid-level Power 5 school like Arizona, you, you're not going to outscore people. And... Uh, you got to do what Utah's doing. One thing, Greg, that uh, Kyle Whittingham has stressed, and he says it every time if you ask him what is the key to your success, he says recruiting. And yeah. he, has, he has emphasized this, and uh, he has talked the powers that be into allowing him. I think they had the, the highest uh, recruiting budget of any of the public schools. We don't know about the wow. private schools in the Pac-12. And so he has made that sort of his key to getting this program moving in the direction it has. Uh, it seems like Arizona would be able to do that. I, I don't understand. You know, I mean, I've seen worse campuses, I'll tell you that. 
you know, the real irony of this is there's a local high school here, South Point Catholic, probably the best high school football team in the history of Tucson, going back 100 years. Um, they have four Power 5 conference prospects this year. Big, I mean, big-time elite guys that could play anywhere. And they've committed to Texas, Ohio State, UCLA, um, and it's two miles from campus. They didn't get any of those guys. Hmm. Um, and, and, and they spoke out this week. Three of the kids spoke out this week to the athletics and told them that the U of A just put in minimal, minimal effort on them. That, that was just stunning. You get once-in-a-generation once players like that two miles from your campus, and they weren't even in the finals for any of them. And one of them's dad played at Arizona and was the first team all packed in lineman. You know, on that note, Greg, uh, Ron McBride, it, he does a show every Friday on our station. Uh, all right. We call it Football Friday, and, and Ron is, is just amazing and, and a terrific part of our, our community. But he was talking about your column today, and he said when, when he was at Arizona under Dick Tomey that their priority number one uh, was not to lose an in-state kid. He, he, Ron said that today, and so it's so interesting you pointed those examples because that, that's the issue he was talking about. <clears throat> they had, um, when McBride was here, Arizona had two Pac-10 defensive players of the year, three, I take that back, three, and they're all from Phoenix, all three of those kids, uh, Byron Evans, Dana Wells, and uh, Rob Waldrop. Um, they're all first-team All-Americans, and they're all from Phoenix. And now Arizona can't even touch a Phoenix kid unless he's like a two-star. So what would you suggest, Greg, as far as, <laughs> well, uh, I don't know when the next hire will be made, but what kind of situation can Arizona work in order to get what they need? Are there local coaches who are familiar with the program, who are familiar with the state, who are familiar with the high school coaches in the state? What is there? Is there someone available? Well, it's funny you mentioned that. They have a uh, their new interim defensive coordinator, Chuck Cecil, who was. Uh, one of the top three names in the history of Arizona football. Um, in 1986, he, he was the best defensive back in the nation. He coached 17 years in the NFL. Um, he was a defensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans. Well, he came back and was hired two years ago, but not as a full-time coach, but as an analyst. He's only 55. He's in the prime of his coaching career. So, you know, you guys know what analysts do. They sit in a room and break down film. Can't recruit can't really coach the players. Well, they had Chuck Cecil sitting there in his little cubicle breaking down game film when he was the best coach on the entire staff, the most qualified coach on the staff, and they didn't finally go to him until two weeks ago when the season was done. It's just it's just befuddling that you could make mistakes like that. Greg Hansen is with us, uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So talking about the current situation with, with Kevin Sumlin, Greg, and, and with Khalil Tate, uh, Tate's career arc has not gone as a lot of us uh, expected. And just what, why, what has not worked about that marriage, so to speak? I wish, I wish someone would come forth with a good answer about that because I don't know if you guys remember, for about five weeks, I'd never seen a, a college quarterback like that. I mean, he rushed for 320 yards one game, 220 the next. Nobody could tackle him. He, he completed like 75% of his passes in addition to running for all those yards. And then suddenly 
he, he disappeared. The Khalil Tate we've seen disappeared. He stopped running. Um, he's a terrific athlete. You look at him and think, this guy should be in the NFL someday. You know, he's not even starting now. This is his senior year, fifth-year senior. He got beat out by a true freshman. And uh, got, they got a new offensive coordinator when Kevin Summer was hired, and, and he's a pass guy. So Khalil Tate's basically a guy who drops back in the pocket and throws bombs. And uh didn't work. Greg, we still get a kick out of playing and replaying some of uh, the sound bites that you gave us from uh, the state of the program at Arizona a few years ago. And it seems as though from your evaluation of them, the talent level is not particularly high. How is that going to, how is that going to go Saturday night against the Utes? I mean, Arizona has no chance. You guys know that. Um, they have basically five new offensive linemen now who, who are playing because of injuries. So how are those offensive linemen going to do against Utah's defensive line, which is probably the best in the nation, don't you think? Yeah. So how are those guys going to do? Um, how's freshman quarterback Grant Gunnell going to do? Their receivers are okay. And their defense is, uh, you know, it's a mess. Um, it's a mess. It, there's nothing else you can say. Um, you know, they fired they fired a third defensive coach uh, yesterday. Um, I only do the lately. He he got in a fist fight on the sidelines of the Oregon game last week with the linebacker coach, and the linebacker coach had just been elevated from being a graduate assistant to being a full time coach after they fired the previous linebacker coach. So that's the situation. I mean. I really haven't heard much anything like this. Uh, real quick before we let you go, Greg, uh, just a, another kind of uh, history lesson on our station. Pace Mannion used to host a show right here yeah. on the zone many, many years ago. And his son, Nico, is now a freshman at Arizona. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, he's uh, highly recruited, much ballyhooed. How, what are the early returns on Nico? He was. They've only played one good team. They played Illinois. And he was so good against Illinois. He came here as a McDonald's All-American, a five-star recruit, and all of that stuff. And so we knew he was good. But against Illinois, when he had to be really good that day, he took it to a level I didn't think he had. He, I mean, he's got a chance to be in the NBA, like a Steve Nash kind of a player, maybe not that good for a long time. He just has the IQ. And um, I don't think Pace was that good, was he? Uh, not quite. No, Pace, Pace not, played in the NBA a little bit and mm-hmm. was a legend at Utah, certainly, but I, I don't know if he was quite at that level. He, he had a thunder dunk last night driving down the line and driving down the lane that was full with about six players in the lane, and he dunked it, tomahawked it over everybody, and poof. I mean, this kid is really good. Um, he'll be here for one year, unfortunately, but it, it could be a pretty good one year. Well, Greg, hey, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And, again, really enjoyed the the column and would encourage all our listeners to go give it a read. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for talking to you guys. We appreciate it. Greg Hansen uh, writes for the uh, Arizona Daily Star. You can read his work at Tucson.com. And, again, his his column about wit was was top-notch. So, uh, Greg, uh, how do you think it's going to go against the Utes on Saturday night? Uh, Well, the Wildcats have no chance. 
<laughs> well, he starts out his column saying this, uh, Gordon, in his first uh, paragraph. says, not one Arizona football player would start for Utah. Not a guard, not a safety, not a punter, not a slot receiver. Put it down 0 for 24. Wow. Uh, that's Greg. I mean, he says he, it the way he sees it. He doesn't it. pull many punches, does he? No, he doesn't. And it sounds like there are plenty of punches to throw. 